welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of Halitech Hall. It's me, Double A, and of course, the man of the hour, Michael Halitech. How are you, sir? Welcome. Hey, Mr. Double A. What's going on, man? Hey, before we even get started, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. So, Double uh, A, how does it feel to, to, to turn a big one? Uh, you know, feels good. I, I am uh, I'm Sid Luckman's uh, number age, 42. So um, maybe that's another uh, piece of good luck uh, for the Bears this year. I don't know. Um, but it's not bad. Feeling all right. Um, hanging in there, you know. So no complaints. Just a mellow, low-key birthday and uh, looking forward to, um, <clears throat> you know, what's ahead. We have a great episode uh, for uh, for our listeners this time around, we're going to announce the winners of the preseason tickets that uh, TickSplits.com was uh, so gracious enough to provide the hall. And uh, we have a special guest coming up. So tell us about her. Uh, we've got Wanda Weidman. Um, she's a, a great Bears fan, and she does a lot of coverage online uh, for uh, for the Bears um, and for football in general. Um, she's a big advocate of uh, women in sports casting and women in sports reporting. Um, she's been on uh, the tailgate show. Uh, she was one of our first guests. Um, so she's uh, she's a great uh, Bear fan and uh, just a great lady. And she works, uh, does uh, stuff for artturffb.com. Um, and so we're excited to have her on uh, to talk about uh, the beloved Absolutely. So this past weekend, Aaron, uh, you had the opportunity to go down to Bourbon A. Um, if you had a chance, I'm sure you saw Greg Greggs when he was down there. Mm -hmm. The guy has just absolutely been all over Twitter mm -hmm. down at camp and at the, at the Fan Fest uh, yesterday. Uh, we are taping our show Sunday. Um, so tell us a little bit about Bourbon A, what your thoughts were, what you saw, and what's getting you excited for the for this year. Well, I'll tell you what, crowded. I mean, just packed with people, families, kids. Um, one of the things, and I and even I think Ryan Pace noted this, but one of the things that I was um, very impressed with as uh, from this year to last year, a ton of current player jerseys. Um, which is great to see. I mean, everybody's in 52 and 10 and 39, uh, 17, 18. Um, you know, you, you see the usual 54s and, um, you know, a cup, you know, the 34s, but vast majority of the fans who were there are wearing current player jerseys, which is really nice to see. And that definitely was not the case as much last year. I mean, last year you certainly had people excited about Mitch, but remember at camp last year, there was no Khalil Mack on this team. Um, so, you know, that was exciting. Uh, definitely, you know, it was very crowded. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't get down there quite as early as I had wanted. So it took quite a while to park. They put us out in the middle of this field, uh, practically like right by the, the big water tower uh, out there in Bourbon A. Um, so it, it took a while to, I mean, it, you know, it took me an hour and 10 minutes to drive down there and it probably took almost an hour from the time that we entered the campus to when we were actually in the um, practice. Um, 
But I met up with, uh, you know, Jer from the Tailgate Show and uh, his buddy Mike. And, of course, we saw Braggs. Um, and um, <clears throat> we were sitting right by the Windy City Gridiron guys, Lester, uh, and those guys were out there. Um, Moon Mullen uh, was right behind me. I took a picture with him. Um, that was cool. And, uh, you know, they, they were going. I mean, it was um, it was it was a warm day. And uh, when I got there, it seemed like the offense was definitely uh, looking like they were already tired of dealing with this defense. Um, I would say my biggest takeaway from camp is that this defense is unbelievable. This defense is not taking a step back. It is not regressing. It is every bit going to be the defense that it was last year and possibly even more. It did. They just look fired up fast. I mean, Khalil Mack does not take one second off. I mean, that guy, he runs out on the practice field and every rep he is going full on. I mean, they, they weren't, uh, it wasn't a contact drill, but they were wearing pads. It was the first padded practice. And I mean, you know, Poor Leno and Massey and the offensive line, they were just getting they were just getting chewed up by them. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and I, Mitch was like even a little frustrated, um, I think, just because these guys, I mean, it's just it's just not fair. I mean, you, you know, you put Khalil Mack on a tight end. I forget it. I mean, it's just over. Um, so, you know, so that was that was great to see. I mean, just to see him in person. Um, Corderell Patterson is an enormous human being. Uh, he he looks like, I mean, even next to the offensive lineman, he looks big. Uh, I was amazed by that. Um, guys that looked really fast to me, uh, uh, Montgomery looks every bit the part, very fast. Um, uh, Duke Shelley looked really fast, and he looked good. Um, Javon Wims, everybody's been talking about his camp and the day that I was there, he definitely was making plays, catching balls. Uh, Kareth White looked really fast. Unfortunately, he's been sidelined due to a foot and a hamstring, I think. So I don't think he's practiced since that Sunday. Um, who else was out there that looked for it? Burton actually practiced, although he hasn't practiced much lately and he looked pretty good. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, you know, the offense was having kind of a rough day, um, you know, to be honest. And I don't know if it was necessarily like, like I said, I think of the defense was just sort of having their way with them. Um, it was Pinero's day to kick and he looked strong, um, you know, and, and uh, definitely after the, after the uh, kicking at Soldier Field, I think he has the leg up, no pun intended, um, <laughs> <laughs> on the kicking competition. But, uh, you know, fun time, um, you know, just tons of tons of people. Uh, it was really like, I mean, I called it Bears of Palooza at the um, on our other show just because it really was like, I mean, people were just laying on the grass and hanging out. And, you know, it was just it's just a, a great vibe and, and uh, a lot of fun. So it was a good time. I haven't been to Bourbon A since the first uh, the first year, the first season that Tressman was the coach. And there mm -hmm. was some excitement then uh, because he was new. Uh, mm -hmm. He was offensive-minded. Mm -hmm. Bears actually started off pretty well. Uh, but, but the crowds, you're, the, the crowds you're talking about, they haven't seen crowds like that since 06, 07 yeah. down, in, down in Bourbon A. And it's just fascinating to see how this city – 
is really tuned in to to this team. Yeah. You mentioned Pin- Pinero was uh, the kicker when you were down there. Mm-hmm. We uh, we actually ran a poll on uh, Twitter on our our Halifax Hall page on who did people think the Bears kicker would be, and uh, Eddie Pinero absolutely dominated. He got 59% of the vote. Elliot Fry only got 6% of the vote. And uh, the third choice was, yeah, would the kicker be somebody who's not currently on the roster? Right. And they came in at, at 35% of the vote. Right. So, so, you know, this, this, this poll closed before uh, the fan fest mm-hmm. uh, Saturday night where he just was dominant again kicked a 60-yard field goal. He kicked every single one of his kicks were true. Uh, he's booming kicks uh, on kickoffs consistently yeah. through the end zone. So uh, going into the preseason, obviously that's everybody's biggest concern of this team. And mm-hmm. and if if this kid, Pinheiro, can nail it um, and kick well during the preseason – He'll get his first shot on Thursday. I don't think they'll do what they've done in preseason, where they'll have one kicker kick all game. Right. I just, I think, I think they'll split it. I mean, I would be surprised yeah. if, uh, if they just give one kicker a chance on this Thursday and then another kicker a chance in New York Friday night. Right. Um, it, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. And one of the things that that uh, I caught an interview of Eddie Pinheiro uh, last night, and he said that the excitement at the stadium, even though there was 20,000 people there, uh, he said it felt like a game atmosphere, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty pretty telling. Yeah. How the fans were really into not only this team but this kicking competition. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I mean, he definitely looked good at camp. Fry had the day on Monday um, where it was raining and actually did pretty well. Um, so people kind of speculated that maybe he would, um, you know, be, you know, sort of in the lead after that. But, but uh, you know, Pinier definitely looked good in Soldier Field. Um, and Fry didn't so much. And I think, you know, I think that's going to carry a lot more weight. Nagy did also talk about, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting how they're able to get these guys equal share in the preseason. Um, I mean, obviously they've talked about having to maybe be a little creative and kick in some different spots where they, they might not otherwise, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're definitely not going to each get the same amount of tries. I mean, I don't see how that would be possible. Um, you know, in a, in a preseason game, you certainly can't control, um, you know, but you never know. I mean, they might be driving and they might just stop you know, (laughs) at the 35 yard line and say, okay, we're going to kick a long field goal right now because this is what we need to do. Um, You know, but we'll see. I mean, it definitely was um, uh, raucous. Uh, Everybody stopped to watch the kickers in camp. Uh, And even Tabor mentioned um, that he was kind of wishing that the fans might uh, actually cool down a little bit with that because he felt like, um, you know, that the kickers shouldn't be, 
getting so much accolades for making 35 yarders, you know, kind of, I thought that was interesting. It's basically like, you know, they're, they're supposed to do that. Like we shouldn't be like basically saying to the fans, like you shouldn't be cheering a, a kicker making a 35 yard kick because you know, it's not that exciting. It's, it's, that's supposed to be a chip shot. So I don't know. I, it was funny. Tabor was a little salty. Um, I think, I don't know which day it was, but I think it was after maybe Monday or after Tuesday. Um, you know, uh, I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Like you can, you can suck it up and hear a few more questions about kicking. You made this bid. Uh, but yeah, I think Pinero's got the edge so far. You know, as you mentioned, he's kicking it through the end zone. He was doing that in practice. Um, you know, they were trying to run some kickoff drills and, and they, they couldn't, there was no way to catch his ball because it was so far out of the end zone. So they kept having to like throw it to the kickoff <laughs> return, return guy. Um, <clears throat> Marvin Hall was another guy that looked really fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that the other thing that my takeaway of this last you know week is that as we've mentioned on both shows, the tight end position is still very much up in the air and, um, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel great. I don't feel good about the tight end position. Um, after, I mean, although I, I think bunting has shown a little bit, uh, Broniker has shown a little bit. Uh, as I said, Terry Burton was there the day I was there, but he's been not practiced since then. Uh, Nagy mentioned that they, they felt like maybe they rushed him or something. And I'm just like, all right, here we go with this guy. Um, you know, so that the tight end position has me a little worried, um, for sure. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, obviously they, they, uh, are in the middle of a transition with Bradley soul taking yeah. him from, from the offensive line to tight end. He's lost some pounds. Uh, he's looked good in some of the drills that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he went through the line. I think this was Friday. He went through the line and, and found himself wide open in the middle of the field. Trubisky hit him dead on the run and he turned it upfield and took off. Uh, but if there's one position yeah, tight end's got to be it. I think the offensive line is is. I'm optimistic about the offensive line for a few reasons. Number one, they're all intact from last year. Mm-hmm. Number two, you've got Whitehair and Daniels uh, back at their their normal positions, the ones that they're most comfortable with. Uh, I think that uh, the the direct snap. Uh, in the shotgun or pistol from Daniels to Trubisky is going to be better than what it was with white hair because white hair struggled, especially mm-hmm. earlier in the year. And it, if the ball doesn't get to Trubisky the right way, it throws the timing off. Yeah. If there was a lot of problems with timing earlier in the year, it got better towards yeah. the end of the year and it gets better during the game. It gets better. It's, you know, and it's reflective in what Trubisky's passing rating was throughout the game. The first scripted plays, his QB rating was through the roof, and then it dropped off in the second and third quarter, and then it picked up in the in the fourth quarter when you know when the game's on the line. So uh, I'm excited that that with the center getting the ball back to Trubisky the way it's supposed to get back there the timing is going to be better. Mm-hmm. They're in the second year of the system, so that's going to be better. Yeah. Uh, one of the, you know, the, there's a big thing going on. I don't know if you saw it on on Twitter. 
uh, in and YouTube, um, I think it was Bleacher Report, came out with their people, teams, or players that are going to have breakout years. And right. The same guy that predicted Mahomes was going to have a breakout year in 18 is on record saying he thinks Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the, the guy who wrote the article is a guy by the name of Matt Miller. If you haven't read it, guys and mm-hmm. ladies listening in, I would strongly suggest you find that article. Uh, maybe Double uh, A can get it posted on both the tailgate and, and the Hall's Twitter accounts if he can find it. But mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great article. It, it truly is. Everybody is giving Trubisky a hard time still. And what I like about it is it doesn't affect his, his practice at all. It's next, it's next man up. It's next play up. It's, he's frustrated, as you talked about earlier in the show, when you were down at Bourbon A, you could, you could tell the frustration. A lot of people have been harping on the fact that Trubisky's struggling at camp. Well, hell, he's going up against the best defense in the league. Is he going to struggle? The whole offensive unit's going to struggle. How many times have we heard Mack has broken up plays? uh, That Akeem Hicks has destroyed a play. Roquan Smith, who's another guy who wasn't at camp at all last year. Yeah. Uh, is flying all over the field and deflecting passes and and passes that are getting deflected are ending up getting picked off. Yeah, Eddie so, Jackson is Eddie yeah. Jackson's been a terror in camp. It's it's fun. It's yeah, it's it's frustrating for Bears fans who don't know better to to rely on these talking heads that will harp on negativity sells. I think somebody, I think you posted that on mm-hmm. a, on a, on a Twitter, on a, on a tweet that I had talked about. And, uh, you had said when rightfully so negativity sells newspapers or gets people to read your articles right. instead of digging into why is he struggling? Well, he's right. struggling because he's going up against the best defense in the league. And, there's no slowing this team down. They're they're flying right. to the ball. The, the speed on defense is absolutely incredible. I can't wait to see what happens, at least in the first quarter of the Carolina game. I'm actually going to be in Chicago Thursday during the afternoon and early evening, and my wife and I are going to attend the first game. We'll probably only stay for the first quarter or as long as the first teamers are in the lineup, and then I'll uh, I'll head back because it's a three-hour drive to get home, and I have to work Friday morning. So and so does my wife. So we're gonna enjoy the day down in Chicago. We might stop at some burger joint uh, down in in River North that I've heard some good things about, uh, and then we're gonna mosey on over to the game. So Double uh, A, I'm just excited. I'm excited about the fact that that you, when you hear the right people talk about the offense, when you hear the players talk about Trubisky's command in the huddle, when you hear them talk about how Trubisky is reading the defenses and lining up and calling audibles at the line of scrimmage or calling protections out to the line, he wasn't able to do that last year. He relied on Whitehair to get it done for him. Mm-hmm. 
I can't tell you how excited I am to hear both sides of the ball are playing at, at a level that, quite frankly, we've never seen before. Right. You can go all the way back to 1985 and the Super Bowl year, and the Bears' offense was average. They had a great they had a great running back in Walter Payton, but their passing game was average. Uh, their their offensive line was probably at the same level this offensive line is. They're not they weren't dominant, but they were very above average. And their defense carried them to the championship game. They outscored opponents what ninety something to 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 ten, mm-hmm. I think, in the three playoff games that that they played in in nineteen. 19- 85 leading up to the destruction of the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 20. Uh, I'm just excited, Aaron. I, I just can't wait for this season to get started. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, one just one note about something you said, which I think is worth noting, is um, Nagy was asked about, you know, is it hard to judge the offense going against this type of defense? And he said, yes, it, you know, it is. But I think something that he pointed out, which is really uh, important, is that not only are they going against this great defense, but they're going against this great defense that's doing some things that they a regular defense might not otherwise do. He, he mentioned that, you know, Pagano's only got a certain amount of reps with his first team. And so they're, they're, the, the defense might be practicing a third down blitz on first down. So it, it's, it's almost doubly unfair, you know, to judge Mitch off of that because they're not doing things that, that a normal defense would not probably take a risk like that. You know, and nor would Mitch necessarily think, you know, um, that they would. So, I mean, not to make excuses for Mitch. I mean, I think there's he's been he's been a little up and down. Um, Nagy also mentioned that he he still needs to work on, you know, that next play mentality that you were talking about and keeping his head up and and not getting too frustrated um, because Mitch is a perfectionist and that's a good thing. He's a he's a you know as hard a worker as they come and obviously has the support of this team. But, you know, he's he's very hard on himself. Um, and you know, he, he knows that he could have had a better season last year. He knows that he should have scored more points in the Eagles game. Um, you know, he does not think that Cody Parkey lost on that game. I think if you got Mitch, you know, privately, he would say that, you know, he knows that he had, he needed to perform better and, you know, and, and get the ball moving before the second half, you know, because the opportunities were there. So, um, I mean, I think, you know, the arrows pointing up in so many different areas. And as you mentioned, we've never seen a, you know, a talent like this on the offensive side of the ball. So much speed. I mean, it's like a it's like a stable of race cars they have right now between Gabriel and Marvin Hall. And I mean, and the connection between Allen Robinson and Mitch is is so good right now. They are on the same page, just like they were in the Eagles game. And so that's just something we're definitely going to be able to hang our hats on and be excited about. Absolutely. We're going to pause for a minute for a word from our sponsor, Tick Splits. And when we come back, we are going to have Wanda from our tour, our turf football joining us uh, here on Halitech Hall. 
So you're looking for great ticket deals. Who isn't? Well, TixBlitz.com has you covered. From the biggest sporting events to Broadway shows and concerts, TixBlitz.com has the best ticket selection at the very best prices out there and no service fees. So the price you see is the price you pay. Plus, TixBlitz.com donates up to 25% of their proceeds to charity. TixBlitz.com has the tickets you want when you want them. Go to TixBlitz.com today. That's TixBlitz.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. All right, everybody. We are very excited to welcome our first, second guest to Holotech Hall. Um, she is from OurTurfFootball.com. So it's OurTurfFB.com. And she is Wanda Weidman. She's uh, been on the Tailgate Show, but this is her first time uh, on Holotech Hall. How are you tonight, Wanda? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Wanda, this is uh, Mike Halitech. Thank you so much for being on Halitech Hall. It's it's certainly a pleasure. We've had a chance to uh, chat on on Twitter often, but I think this is the first time you and I have really talked in person. So I'm just thrilled to have you on our podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've been a follower of yours for a while. I love the uh, history uh, of Bears history that you know so well. It's just great to have questions on Twitter about different things about the Bears. Wanda, you and I have collaborated on a couple of things that you've actually written on our turf, and it's been wonderful working with you on the collaboration. Tell everybody a little bit about Wanda and your work at our turf football. I've been a fan of Chicago Bears for quite a while. Uh, it was before uh, the 85 uh, Bears. I was actually in 84, and I just kind of came across a Bears game on TV. I would watch different games. Uh, my brother was a uh, Miami Dolphins fan, so I did a lot of that for a while, and then I just fell in love with watching a Bears game where I watched uh, Walter Payton kind of do this helicopter flip into the end zone and thought, man, that guy is unbelievable, and I was hooked. So um, it wasn't until, oh, later on in years after my kids had grown um, into adults that they encouraged me to write uh, about the Bears, and so I got in touch with um, uh, Liz Panucci, who had started NFL Female, and she had started that uh, website just trying to get different women who love football and start writing about it. And then it turned into our turf, uh, football media. And so now uh, we're getting out there a lot more in uh, giving a lot of information about different teams and what they do. So, of course, my favorite team is Chicago Bears. And so I tried to do a lot of uh, reporting and articles that um, have good information, good stats, and uh see that it's a team worth following. How many women are now involved on the R-Turf uh, football website? Well, I think right now, I think we have probably a total of 10 women, um, but there's a group of us, there's about five of us that actually write um, uh, throughout the, the league on different, uh, in different teams just to cover the rest of the teams and so on. So you'll see some things of mine that are mainly the Bears through the uh, regular season, but then I also write about other teams um, just in general of NFL uh, information and 
uh, games and stats and, and so on that goes on with that. So we're a really good, uh, strong group of women that absolutely love the game of football. We, um, our biggest thing is hashtag we know routes. Uh, so uh, we're, we're pretty good at uh, naming some of the routes and, and the games. And we just have this ridiculous love uh, for the game. It's, it's not about uh, the players um, like most um, fans do, but we really love the game of football in itself. So I love, you know, when it comes to um, the draft, I love to check out, you know, whether the O-lineman is, is, you know, sinking his hips right or he's stepping back correctly or he's, you know, grounding self and where he puts his hands on the chest and if he's got it high or low. I, I look for those things. And, and the different things about the players. So each one of us tries to step in and know about the team more than just being a fan. It's actually being knowledgeable about the NFL. So we're very much involved and are very appreciative that the NFL is, is uh, recognizing the women that love the game. It's about time, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well overdue. Absolutely. Speaking of, uh, of players and, and how they, they line up and hip drop and everything else, the, the biggest concern right now for the Chicago Bears is, of course, the position of kicker. So on our Twitter page at Halifax Hall, we posted a survey, and we, we asked – people who they thought would be the Bears kicker when the regular season came around. Uh, we gave them three choices. We gave them the two players that are currently on the roster and a third choice of somebody, anybody who's not currently on the roster. If you had to choose, what would you say? Would you say that the, uh, the Bears kicker is on the roster right now? And if so, which one do you think is going to get the nod? Or do you really think that the Bears are going to go off the roster to pick up a kicker before the regular season begins? Um, I, I believe that the uh, kicker is on the roster right now, and that is Eddie Panero. I think he's the one that uh, he's got the, the, the strength in his legs. I think he's got a lot of power in his legs, um, and I think he's, he's stepped up to the challenge. You know, I want to – you know, I get sold out more when I see them actually kick in Soldier Field against the wind. That's when you're telling me you're, you know, you're, you're primed to be the bearish kicker going forward. But I think he's got the leg to, to do it. And um, my favorite thing is the fact that, that they kick straight in the center, not what we experienced last season off to the side and so on. Um, but here I think uh, uh, the both of them have had a great competition, um, really uh, stepping up and challenging each other, which I think is fantastic. But I really do believe that uh, Pinheiro is going to be the guy um, in the start of the regular se season. I have to agree with you, Wanda. And, and just watching the two of them not only kick, but when they're being interviewed, there is – this aura of confidence that Eddie has that I just don't see in Elliot. And, of course, they had their annual fan fest at Soldier Field last night, and I don't know if you had a chance to look, but Eddie Pinheiro uh, nailed all 12 of his kicks, including at least one from 60 yards last night. So 
You're absolutely right. His his leg strength is something I've never seen before. Uh, he's consistently at camp on kickoffs, booting it through the end zones. So if the return game doesn't get a chance to practice a return. So I think you're right. I think that, that the guy on the roster is going to be there opening day, and it's going to be Eddie. So um, appreciate, uh, I appreciate your comment on that. What do you think is going to be – let me rephrase that. Um, Matt Miller of the Bleacher Report wrote an article last year saying that uh, Patrick Mahomes was one of his players on his radar to really have a breakout season. And earlier this week, he came out with an article again, and his play, one of his players to pick was Mitch Trubisky. So early in camp, since we've only been into it for, what, 10 days now, uh, right. There's a lot of frustration going on with some of the writers um, and some of the podcasters that have been down at Bourbon A about Mitch's frustrations. And Aaron and I just talked about this before you came on. And I said, is he going to struggle? Well, yeah, he's going up against the best defense in the league. So if he's having successes against the number one team defense in the league, and he's going up against, Aaron pointed out, and, and Nagy talked about this earlier this week, where Pagano might have a situation where on the field they're practicing, the offense is running a first down play, but Pagano is running a third down blitz because he needs to get that in to see what the guys are doing. He's not going to have that kind of a problem in the preseason. So, right. so I, think, I think there's a lot of, frustration that that some of the the talking heads the podcasters even some of the chicago area writers are harping on that i don't really think is a problem what's your take on it you know i mean you have to you have to give you've got to give credit to these guys because they you know they're they're always uh, uh they're always talking about and looking at the bad things, you know, the, the, the things that he needs to clean up a little bit. You know, Mitch showed last season that he is capable of uh, playing the game. You, you don't have a 12-4 and four season if you're not doing what you need to be doing. So, obviously, as Nagy stated, you know, he was going through, um, you know, 101. Now he's, now he's 102, reading the defenses, and he's calling the plays. And he's obviously trying to get a feel of uh, the new playmakers that he has, um, being able to, you know, to get the ball down the field, hand them off. Yeah, does he need to clean up his footwork? Absolutely. Does he need to be able to um, get the reads down? Yeah. But during training camp, you had a lot of guys that were either running under the routes um, or they weren't, you know, they were fighting with the other defender and didn't get, you know, the ball. And he's trying, but when you looked at like that one throw, he threw to, um, I believe it was Robinson and he threw the ball a nice, beautiful lob over. It was absolutely a gorgeous throw. Those are the throws you're going to see Trubisky make throughout the season. I think he's going to, uh, it, he's going to surprise a lot. And I think he's doing exactly what 
Nagy wants him to do because when you've got Pagano's defense up against him and pushing him to to play more and do more, now you're giving him an opportunity to see what the defenses are throwing at him so that he knows how to adjust and and make a call that if he needs to, you know, to show a, a you know, throw a slant route to to whoever's in that position, whether it be Taylor Gabriel or or Cohen, he can do that. And now he's got running backs that are all you know that can uh, receive on uh, you know on the fly and run and 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 block and do what they need to do. You know he's got all the tools. There's nothing to stop Trubisky from excelling to the same level as you know the first year that. Uh, Mahomes did. So do I see Trubisky throwing more um, passes than he did last season? Yeah, I think he's going to go 3,500-plus yards, and I also think that he's going to be throwing about 30-plus touchdowns this season. I really see him just blossoming. I don't see that he's going to take a step backwards. You know, he's going to struggle, just like Aaron said, absolutely, because everyone does. You know, we've seen the best struggle. We've seen Brady struggle. We've seen Breeze struggle. We've seen Matt Ryan struggle. They've all struggled, but they learn how to compensate for it, figure out what they need to do, and then they come back around. And that's what we're going to see Trubisky do. We're going to see him maybe, you know, call a, you know, uh, uh, throw a bad ball. He's going to come back and he's going to fix it, and then and then be able to progress through. I think he's grown quite a bit immaturity as a quarterback for that team well you mentioned uh breeze uh, another good comp uh, is russell wilson uh people have brought up uh, a few times that the second year of breeze uh and the second year of russell wilson actually compare pretty favorably um to mitch and you know you saw how they developed um you know and, and i look at russell wilson as a really good comp because he also had an amazing defense um, and was able to, you know, develop and, and stop being a guy who depended so much on the running um, and the escaping. And I would say one thing that I didn't mention before, Michael, about camp is that the running is way down um, from Mitch. When I went to camp last year, it seemed like he was running at, like on every series at least once. You know, they were running a lot more of like the um, you know, kind of RPO where the quarterback has a keeper and that, that didn't seem to be the case um, this year, you know, at all. Um, but it, one, one thing I think was notable that Helfrich mentioned in the press conference was he said, you know, they want them to make tons of mistakes in camp. That is how they learn. I mean, exactly. if you go out, if you go out there and you're just perfect I mean, well, number one, you know what the the reporters are going to focus on. They're going to say, well, the defense is clearly regressing, as we, we all predicted, because Fangio is gone. I don't think they'd be tooting Mitch's horn. They'd be saying, well, what's wrong with this defense? You know, why is Mitch tearing them up? So it's almost like you can't win um, with the way that right. they, you know, with the way that they're going to cover it. But you learn so much more from making mistakes, you know, and, and Mitch is trying different things. You know, and, 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 you know, that's how he's going to learn. So, you know, I agree with the, what you said, you know, his trajectory um, is all the way up. And it's pretty funny that the guy who wrote this article, Matt Miller, was also the guy who famously had the quote that he heard from other GMs that Ryan Pace's 2000 
you know, 17 draft was the, was going to get him fired. Um, so it's pretty funny right. that now Matt, that now Matt Miller, same guy is, uh, predicting Trubisky for the breakout season. So, you know, yeah, it all I comes, think a lot all of comes it, around. Yeah, I think a lot helps, uh, especially in this in this season of training camp is is the, you know, the healthy offensive line, you know, having Kyle Long, you know, just completely um, just back to his self and, and, and a much more improved that, you know, he basically stated himself that, you know, that this year is, is going to be different because he's back. Everybody else has something to fight for, and they just really want to prove that they um, they're going to be the, the team to beat. And so it's it's really good to see. And I think that's where you're going to see uh, Trubisky not run as much because he can depend on that O line now, and then the playmakers that he has. Uh, it it should be just get the the play out, get the job done, and move the chains. And I think. He's going to be uh, quite a spectacle, a spectacle to watch uh, this this season because he's he's really got um, uh, sold out on this team and and a leader is what we were looking for for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he, he doesn't have cool. to be Mahomes. I mean, he just has to be a better version of himself. And Correct. with this defense, uh, I mean, you know, he's going to he's going to have be in every game with this defense. I, I don't see any regression so far from this defense. So, uh, you know, I, I agree. I don't think, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people are so hungry to have him be the man, you know, and look like this amazing guy. But it's like, you know, I think we still have to remember, as we've talked about on this show, the history of Bears quarterbacks is so spotty. That, you know, I mean, Mitch just really doesn't have to do much. He's going to springboard right up the all-time list just this season, statistically. Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, he, you know, I just think, and, and that's what Pace and Nagy have been preaching, incremental growth. You know, um, you know, do better on third down. You know, flip the field for the defense a few times. Don't make them bail you out so much. And if he just does that, it, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Go yeah, on, that's where the success is going to be, that that it's not dependent on the defense. Yes, we need the defense to be able to take the ball away and give give it back to Mitch and, and have Mitch able to, you know, to get the plays and, and complete, you know, have more completions than he did last season, have more third down conversions, you know, that he had last season. It's just basically go out there and play and do what you know how to do. So you're absolutely right, Aaron. There's no need for him to be like anybody else or be compared to anybody else. He just needs to be the Chicago Bears quarterback. If he can only be the, the Mitch Trubisky that, that was the fourth quarter against Philadelphia Eagles in January, we're going to be real happy. He was absolutely on fire in the fourth exactly. quarter. And Wanda, I think one of the things that we haven't even talked about yet, neither Aaron or, or I, and it's, it's great to have you on the show because you can probably spotlight it as well, is how unpredictable this offense is going to be now that they have the three head, the run DMC that people are talking about where any of those running backs could be anywhere on that field, any time, any place. So they're not going to be pigeonholed. Jordan Howard's in the game. Guess what? We're going to run or we're going to do an RPO. 
or we're going to do a play action. They don't have yeah. that any longer. Yeah. How many times have, have you know, uh, bloggers or <clears throat> podcasters or even, you know, reporters have, have called every, every time Jordan Howard was going to run, it was a vanilla defense, vanilla defense. Yeah, they're going to play the same thing. But you're right. I mean, we have running backs now that uh, can catch and run, which is what we're looking for, and add to the mix, mix my favorite is Ryan Nall. I think he's overlooked. I think he's one that is going to be fantastic if they get him on the 53 instead of, you know, uh, have him sit in the practice squad. I think he needs to be a part of that group that we have in Davis and um, in Montgomery and, and Cohen. All those, those four would be dynamic uh, pass uh, rushers that are going to be just incredible rushing uh, uh, running backs and then having the wide receivers uh, in there, including Wims, if, if he gets that chance uh, to be on there, uh, I think is going to be incredible. Though they can't, I don't think they can have that many uh, on the 53, but you never know because they were talking about, you know, extending it. So if, if he has that many uh, receivers, wow, the, the sky's the limit, you know, but then you have, the issue with the tight ends, you know, you've got Adam, Machine, Adam Shaheen that's a little bit um, unhealthy in regards to his back and what is he going to do going forward. You know, Dax Raymond, you have a, a, you have a rookie. Um, Ian Bunting, I like. I think he'll do very well. And Ben Broniker, who, you know, showed last season he did pretty well in catching the ball and, and doing what he needs to do. If these guys can stay healthy and ready to go, now you've got a full force of blockers and, and, you know, uh, Y and U tight ends that are going to be in an incredible use for that offense. So all the, all the tools are there. It's just, you know, it's just get up and go and do what you got to do. So uh, I just can't imagine now the defense is trying to figure out as they're looking at tape, what's going to come up because it's all a a whole new um, outlook with this offense. Well, you mentioned uh, Nall, and he's been a surprise at camp. Um, it, you know, he's making it – everybody kind of wrote him off, as you said, and he's he's going to make this dif- decision difficult because he did play well in the preseason last year. Um, and and Wims has flashed. I mean, Wims looks every bit the part of the, of the fourth receiver right now, especially with Ridley being uh, injured and Emmanuel Hall has also been injured. You know, I'm hoping as many, as some people have mentioned, you know, uh, me being one of them, that maybe Emmanuel Hall can be a guy that they put on, you know, kind of IR and almost do like a red shirt with him because he does seem, you know, he had the hernia surgery. Um, but Marvin Hall is also making it, you know, you got Thomas Ives catching balls. You got, you know, yeah. there, there's just so much talent. It's unbelievable the amount of talent. And and the thing that, you know, I think everybody's sort of forgetting is like, well, who's getting the balls to these guys so they can flash? Well, it's Mitch Trubisky. You know, like it's almost like everybody acts like, you know, uh, you know, oh, look at these great receivers. Well, you know, there's a reason that they look good and they're able to look good. And it's because the guy's getting them the ball that needs to get them the ball. So, I mean, it's a it's an embarrassment of riches like we've never seen uh, from a Bears fan perspective, especially at wide receiver. But I I do echo your sentiments with the tight end. I mean, I I was not a fan of the Shaheen pick. He seems very fragile. 
Uh, even uh, last night he played, and then he was um, walking gingerly. Uh, and he just—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm, not—I'm not hopeful about him. I mean, I think he's probably going to make the team just because of the draft capital that they spent on him, and and they're not going to give right. up on him just yet. But but Bunting is looking good. Um, and Trey Broniker, Burton. And yeah. Trey Burton, yeah, he's worrying me too though because he's missed right. some practices. And I mean, I think he'll be there, and I think he's going to be fine. And and I actually did a few tweets, you know, this week on you know saying, hey, Trey Burton actually had a pretty good year. People need to. You know, kind of, but I'm I'm also someone that's been was worried about his the end of his season and and you know and the injury and whatnot. But Broniker um, did something in the game last night or the practice, which is something that he's probably the only tight end I've seen do this. Is when Mitch rolls out, he has the ability to drift and find that hole in the zone and be open. And there was a really nice play with Mitch and him, and that happened a couple times during the season. And he's one of the few guys. That, you know, when Mitch would sort of roll out and, and not look to run, you know, Broniker did the right thing and, and got himself right. open and was a big target. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be in, in the mix for sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There's one guy that we haven't even talked about yet, and Coach Nagy is just absolutely, he's just thrilled that he's on the team. Think of the guys we've mentioned so far. Cohen, Montgomery, Davis, Miller, Robinson, Gabriel, Wims, Ridley, both Halls, Ives. Who do we, who are we missing? Cordero, Patterson. Oh right, right. And that guy can line up anywhere on the field. Can you imagine a, a situation where they've got? Two running backs, or one running back, Patterson's the running back. You've got Miller and Robinson flanked out wide. You've got two tight ends in the system, and now Cordero Patterson goes in motion. Who's going to cover? They're going to be in a standard 4-3 with that kind of a lineup. Right, or a exactly. Four. Who's going to cover Patterson when he goes in motion? You put a safety on him, you're going to open up the middle of the field for one of the guys running in the slot or a tight end running a seam route. It's, you know, I'm, I'm just excited. And Trubisky talked about it earlier this week. He said, if we run our offense right with the tools that we have, we can be unstoppable on offense. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, you, the, go, go ahead, ahead sorry. Wanda. No, go ahead, Wanda. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, even, even in the return game, which is, what, you know, what they wanted to also use Patterson for, I mean, that that's something that the Bears have missed and have been missing since Hester was on the team. So now we've got a, a dynamic return guy in Patterson that, man, can you just imagine him break out the first game that we play against the, the Vikings, uh, being that he first started with the Vikings, and just rip it up the middle, first kickoff, and down for a touchdown. I mean, that, that would just you know bring it just to all sorts of levels, which is where we want – you know, to see something going on in, in special teams. So Patterson, third down uh, uh, back to be able to get into the goal line uh, situation. You're absolutely right, Michael. I mean, the, the, the sky's the limit when it comes to how they're going to set them up in, in, uh, in routes and be able to get uh, the defenses to try to figure out what they're going to do. And I think that was the big thing is to be able to have them so 
confused in all the defenses we're going to be playing this season is what are we going to do now? We've got too many playmakers, and we haven't seen what they're going to do this season. So now they've got to start from scratch. They may know how Trubisky's going to throw or what he's going to do, but they don't know what the plays are going to be and what Trubisky is capable of doing this season. I think they're going to be shocked and surprised. Yeah, Patterson Patterson is a monster. I mean, he looked so big at camp, and they were putting him in the backfield. He was all over the place. A lot of jet sweep motion, uh, a lot of, you know, two back sets where one of them is is Patterson. And it looks, it it almost looks, you're like, what is that? Wow, he is so big. I mean, he, you know, and and uh, some of the guys that I listen to, J.J. Stankovitz and um, Moon Mullen do, you know, uh, a podcast uh, that's very good. Um, and, and they've been talking about how worried they are about us not being able to play in 12 personnel, which is a two tight end, um, you know, uh, package. And I don't really, I mean, even though we are definitely concerned about the tight end position. I, I just feel like even if all we have is Broniker, Soul, and Burton, we're still going to be okay because Soul's going to be your black blocking tight end. And, you know, and then right. it's either Broniker or Burton who are going to be your, you know, your, uh, you know, sort of you tight end, your move tight end, whatever you want to call it. And, um, and I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, what you just don't want is you don't want to be predictable, which is, you know, too uh, too often what we were with Jordan Howard um, right. in the game. And, you know, and, and, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Mike Davis, he looks great. I mean, he is quick. He can catch. He can run. I mean, this guy's a solid pickup. I mean, he's not going to turn over the starting Roll just to Montgomery for no reason, you know. I mean, he's 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 out there um, making plays himself. So, you know, again, it's a three-headed monster with with Cohen and and so forth. But man, Patterson, I mean, Nagy just must be salivating, you know. Uh, oh, you options. know it. Uh, he's like a kid in a candy store. Absolutely, Wanda. I have a I have a trivia question for you. You know how much. Uh, I love trivia with the Bears in, in my historic look. Aside from Devin Hester, what player has scored the most kickoff touchdowns at Soldier Field outside of Hester in the last 10 years? Uh, from any team? Yep. Let's see. Any, any, any player. Any player. Um, it's Cordero Patterson. Is it really? Yep, he's got two touchdown returns. He had a 107-yard return when he was a member of the Vikings. And then yeah, I remember last, that. Last year's touchdown return when he was with the Patriots. So he has two. Nobody else has more than one after Hester. Wow, well, that, that's how excited I am about Patterson being a bear. Well, and and the uh, other thing that's exciting about Patterson being a bear is that he left the Patriots. Like he had a choice. They have the money. They need receivers. They need him, and he chose the Bears. You know, I mean, that's that's a coup. Like that's that's unbelievable for somebody to say. You know what? No, I want to play with the Bears. Like. That doesn't happen <laughs> and I, when I can remember, you know, a guy that was that, you know, sought after really, you know, choosing the Bears and it's because of the culture and because of what happened last season. So uh, even more exciting that he did that. And you hit the nail on the head there, Aaron, because it is the culture. When you've, when you've got players that 
want to come and be a bear, you know, that were Super Bowl contenders, like Danny Trevathan, you know, who, who came from the Broncos, came to be a bear, seeing how, how the culture is, you know. And then you have Pagano who comes out and, and said, you know, the, the way that Nagy had built this culture, his vision for a football team, knowing, hey, this is the way I want, if I were to be a head coach of a football team, this is what I want to bring to the table. And he's, he not only brought it, sold it to every person that wants to now come in and be a bear. I mean, what team does that? It's just amazing that you now have a culture that other players are dying to play for. Absolutely. Well, well Absolutely. said, Wanda. Absolutely well said. Uh, Wanda, you know, you're out west, so sometimes Aaron and I will get blinded by local media and what's going on here. What are you hearing and seeing about the Bears uh, being a little bit uh, removed from what's going on here locally? Um, and, you know, what I, what I hear a lot is, you know, that, um, you know, again, the same thing that you guys hear of, of the defense regressing, though – it has now died down because what they're seeing um, in the training camps, now they're seeing, okay, well, maybe not so much, you know, because I think the idea started where a lot of the rumor was that Pagano was going to, you know, throw in a lot of his blitz because Pagano is the type of defensive, uh, you know, coach that is just blitz, blitz, blitz. But, you know, if people had listened to, the beginning of his press conference, he said he wasn't going to change what these guys had already done. He, you know, basically saying, I'm not going to fix something that's not broken, but it's a change of language. You know, what, what one team would call, you know, a, a cover two, another one, you know, he would, he would call it, you know, a, a blitz of some sort. So he said that, that it's just a change of language, but these guys are professionals. They know their job. They know what to need to do. And so when you look at training camp and you see how hungry these guys are, you know, I think they, they don't give them the credit. But I'll tell you what. I think that's what's helped that, that they don't listen to, but I've heard a little bit on this side, is the fact that during the 100 celebration, when here's, you've got all these players present and past, players coming together, how our defense, the current defense, went and got knowledge, hands-on training from the veterans. I mean, to have Richard Dent showing Khalil Mack some of his moves in the back corner of the room, that tells you that this defense is not going to regress. They're going to be hell-bent on doing what they need to do to help uh, win games every week and get us to the Super Bowl. Trubisky, now the talk is, okay, maybe he's not as bad, but there's still like this thing about his footwork, the fact that he can't throw downfield, which obviously they don't even look at, at you know, the, the stats that show that he actually can throw. And seeing him in, in uh, yesterday's uh, fan, uh, the family festing, 
how many balls he was throwing down the field and trying to get down. So he's got an arm. You can't, you know, put it past anything that Trubisky can't do. It's just, it's just doing what he needs to do and transferring what he learned onto that, you know, onto the field for the second season. So I hear a lot of not so much on the defense because now I think, especially here with the Rams, uh, Raiders, and Chargers, they they compare uh, the Bears' defense. I heard one um, reporter say that they felt that uh, the Bears' defense would be the number one defense this season, this coming season, <clears throat> um, and remain that way uh, because of, of just the, the players that they have on there. However, I did hear that some people stated that the corner situation because of Scrine and uh, uh, HaHa Clinton Dix, they're not sure that the Bears made a solid move there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I think they don't seem to realize what uh, big body player that uh, Scrine is. He can be, he can be uh, uh, pretty brutal when he wants to be. Uh, there are, you know, there are uh, situations where he missed. I mean, when he was with the Jets, uh, that one play that uh, Miller got him, that was all Scrine that, that missed that tackle. But I, I think with uh, Pagano, that's his specialty. His specialties are D-backs. So he knows how to do it. I mean, you've got Ed Reed, Hall of Famer, that said that uh, Pagano, he learned so much from Pagano. Now, transfer that over to this team. I mean, the sky's the limit with the defense as well. Well, you're also seeing, you're already seeing the dividends of Pagano's coaching uh, happening right now because people, two people that are having breakout camps in my mind that's not getting talked about is John Franklin and Tolliver and Duke Shelley. I mean, Scream is sort of like an uh, like a insurance policy in my mind of a steady guy. He's he's not going to get hurt. He's a veteran. You know, he, you know the knocks on him are that he got a lot of penalties. Um, you know, and holding calls and, and a couple of pass, you know, a um, couple of personal fouls and and whatnot. But I mean, I think you're the 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 secondary is something that you know a lot of people were concerned about. You know, wh- who do we have after Amukamara? Who do we have after Fuller? You know, and is Screen gonna be the slot corner? But now you're, you know, I, I think that's another position that we seem to are. Uh, you know, showing up with a lot of depth, and I have to give the credit to Pagano. I mean, right. the guy, the guy's really like a cornerback or a defensive back guru. Uh, and like you said, for Ed Reed to say that, and another thing, Ed Reed went out of his way to say this week. You know, because somebody asked him who are the next people in in the you know the defensive backfield that are going to go in the Hall of Fame, and he mentioned Palomalu, he mentioned the late Sean Taylor, uh, he mentioned um, uh, the. Earl Thomas, uh, who now is with the Ravens, the Seahawks, for such a long time. And then he went out of his way to mention a young Eddie Jackson, which was amazing. Like, for wow. him to say him to say that Eddie Jackson, you know, though he's young, is showing signs of a player that has a Hall of Fame trajectory. He didn't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, that was, that right. was, you know, that was really something. And, uh. So that was cool to hear, um, you know, just a lot of good stuff coming out of that Ed Reed, um, you know, discussion. And and I was someone that really wanted them to hire Ed Reed as a coach. Um, and I guess he, he talked about going to Buffalo 
um, and he didn't like the coaching staff there. So maybe it's something that in the future could happen because uh, he's done a little bit of coaching. Um, right. you know, but I, I was hoping they would consider bringing him in as a defensive backs coach to mentor Eddie Jackson. Maybe after this week's comments, that's setting the stage for that very thing. Maybe next yeah. season. Yeah, I would not be surprised. You know, and even with uh, uh, Franklin the third, um, you know, I wasn't sure about Franklin because of, you know, coming from a quarterback position. He started and then he couldn't get a quarterback. So then he became a wide receiver. They tried him out in a couple of colleges, wide receiver. And then now they, you know, they brought him in as a D-back. So, you know, to see what, what he can do. But if he has improved the way that we saw him improving in training camp, that's Pagano's specialty on a young kid that they didn't mm-hmm. think would get to that point. And if you can do that, oh, my gosh, it, you're absolutely right. You've got those that, that, you know, even Duke Shelley, being able to get in there and do what they need to, you're going to have more Eddie Jacksons on that team. Well, and Sherrick McManus is is going to find, I think, a lot more snaps in the backfield. He had two interceptions. Yeah, I agree. He had two interceptions last night, and he's looked really good. And he's not, you know, I mean, he's not a guy that's going to just be on special teams anymore. They've got him learning the safety position and playing safety. So, I mean, all of a sudden, it's just another thing that we thought, oh, we're worried about. And oh, now it's a position of strength. Look at that. You know, when you have these coaches, it, it really just makes all the difference. Absolutely. Have you ever seen more talent at all three levels uh, defensively for this team? I can't recall. <laughs> no. I go all the way back, and I go. I mean, I've been going to Bears games since the 1960s, and I've, so I've gone. Through, I've seen the the Bears defense of the 60s, the Bears defense of the 80s, the 06, you know, 05, 06, 07 teams, and I can't ever recall talent so deep at all three levels of the defense than what we have this year. It is, it is exciting. I mean, for Bears fans, it, it is extremely exciting. And I think foremost for the team itself, because, you know, to, to have all those players and to be excited that they've got all these tools. Yeah, you know, I mean, can you imagine them walking out of, you know, Soldier Field Tunnel with such moxie as they walk out there because they know they're going to get out there and do what they love to do and and just take each game one win at a time. I, I'm all for that, and, you know, I, I can't wait to watch. I will be there. In fact, Aaron and I will be sitting together Thursday night, September 5th, watching the Bears take on the Packers. Wish you could be there. Oh, my gosh, I wish I could, too. I would do anything to get there. <laughs> Hey, I know a good place to get tickets. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Wanda, it's been a pleasure. But before we let you go, I uh, just wanted to touch base on one last thing. The uh, top 100 players were just recently finalized on NFL Network, and the Bears landed four players. Of the four players that were on the top 100, they were all on defense. Is there any one or two players that you think that are was on the Bears roster last year that got snubbed? Um, yeah, I would probably say. Um, gosh, I'm trying to. I, I would probably say in the offense would be Coach Whitehair. Um, I think he he should have been on there. He you know he was 
he's done amazing work going back and forth, and I said he, I, I thought he did um, pretty well. Um, and in, uh, you know, I think in, in defense, you know, at the time, obviously, you know, when he was a bear, it would have been Bryce Callahan. Um, but being that, you know, he's not a bear anymore, you know, that's, that's kind of pointless. But I think all the players that we, that we currently were on there, um, I did, I think did phenomenal uh, work in a, in a job. But uh, in offense, they should have probably put Tariq Cohen. I, I, I don't understand why he was left off. Um, with the amount of work that he did, uh, it was just kind of amazing that that those guys were were left off. But you know, the fact that we got four guys on there, I, I, I'm I'm happy. Over under for 2019, how many top 100 bears make the list uh, this time next year? Six, seven? What do you think the over under should be? I think it should be over. I think it's going to be six. Well, write it down. Yeah, I think it's going to be six, and I think Trubisky is going to be one of them. I think you're right. I think Trubisky is going to have a hell of a year. Uh, 32 touchdowns would be an all-time record. In fact, no Bear quarterback has ever thrown for more than 29 touchdowns in any one season. Do you know who holds that record? Uh, touchdowns in one season? Yep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> no, a Bear quarterback. Well, a Bear quarterback, I think that was Eric Kramer. You got it? I give you a standing ovation. You guys <laughs> nailed it right on the head. Yep, Eric Kramer yeah. in 1995 threw for 29 touchdowns, and then he broke his back. <laughs> yeah, and then he had what? Uh, I think he had passing yards was like 3,300 and five yards, something like that. It was something like that. You're absolutely right. Wanda, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, We'd love to have you on the show more often. You know, I know that sometimes some scheduling problems will exist, but um, please feel free to join us anytime. Hey, any, anytime you guys want to invite me, I love talking to you guys. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Wanda, thank you so much for coming on our show. Yep. Thanks so much. I just want to remind the listeners that you can find Wanda on Twitter at Wanda, W-A-N-D-A-W-63. And then, of course, you can find her work on OurTurfFootball.com. So it's O-U-R-T-U-R-F-F-B.com. You can find her work there, and she's a great follow on Twitter and a great Bears fan. So thank you, Wanda, and we'll be reaching out to you soon and have you on again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Everybody, that was Wanda from our turf football, Wanda Weidman. She is an amazing talent. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. Make sure you follow OurTurfFB.com. There's a lot of great work by a lot of great women on that website. Aaron, before we, uh, before we sign off for, uh, for the evening, um, what do you hear coming out of Burgundy in the fan fest that maybe we didn't know last time we spoke? Um, well, I think I, I touched on it a little bit. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of a growing concern with, with Burton um, missing some practices. I think we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, I think, you know, that uh, we've been hearing a little bit more um, about uh, Stephen Denmark is kind of, the luster is off of him a little bit. 
Uh, a lot of people were, were very excited about Steven Denmark and the possibilities of him being this sort of uh, safety DB combo type of thing. Um, hasn't looked great. Um, hasn't, I he been, hasn't he been nicked up a little bit, though? Yeah, I think he's been nicked up a little bit, but, but you know, when he's been on the field, he hasn't looked um, like he's up to the task. Uh, the other thing I've heard is that um, Matthew Betts uh, is another guy that got a lot of talk, has not really flashed uh, of any great amount in, the, in camp. Um, but the people that have, uh, Bilal Nichols looks like he's poised to have a great season. Uh, Roy Robertson-Harris is, is definitely going to take that next step. Um, you know, so that's, that's what I've been hearing. Um, and then I would say other than that, you know, it, it's pretty much been sort of what we've expected um, other than, you know, sort of this, this team. And a lot of people are saying this, you know, whether it's Greg Braggs or, you know, uh, Adam Johns, Adam Hogue, um, this is a team that just feels very driven, very focused. They they believe they can win now because they did it. Uh, there was an interesting interview with Anthony Miller where they, they asked him that question, you know, you guys seem like you can really, you really believe you can win. And he said, oh, well, we believe we could win last year. Um, you know, nobody else believed we could win, but we did. And, you know, but now they know it. They know it. They've done it. They they all, you know, feel like they, that there's a lot of unfinished business. Um, and, you know, other than that, I'm actually going to go tomorrow morning. So I'll have a little bit more um, to say about it after that. But, but other than that, you know, it's just been good so far. Knock wood. Overall, it's been pretty healthy. Um, no major injuries so far. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a lot of starters um, in the Panther game. I don't think, but, you know, I think we'll see some Montgomery. Um, uh, he was probably the closest we're going to see to starters out there um, against the Panthers. But, you know, it's all looking good. Knock wood. Let's just keep, let's stay healthy and let's, uh, let's keep this thing rolling right to September 5th. Because I'll tell you what, it is not as uh, uh, glowing reviews out of Packer camp. I don't know if you've seen. I I, I watch the uh, Packers press conferences after practice um, because I'm a I'm a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and the, I'll tell you, Lafleur he looks uh, he looks uncomfortable. You know, he's talking about uh, issues with center exchange and uh, issues with players fighting and. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not all peaches and roses up there in Packer camp. I think they had a good family day and and things are looking up. But the last week of practices was definitely looking uh, pretty rough, um, you know, and, and he is not the dynamic uh, orator that Nagy is behind that podium. He definitely looks uh worried <laughs> so let's hope that uh that uh you know what he wants to do which from what i hear is run the ball a lot more and and not allow rogers to you know have as much control over changing plays let's hope that 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 goes just as bumpy as possible absolutely i think the last thing i heard about uh, packers practice was uh was lafleur uh at a press conference was just Livid, although he he tried to keep it under wraps, but penalties, uh, getting the getting the offense lined up, getting mm-hmm. the play called in the huddle, um, it's they have you know referees attend these training camps and mm-hmm. and they were they were having all these pre-stamp penalties on the on their offense, which is 
you know, as as much as people want to talk about the, the Packers defense over the last 10 years, it's been Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been the guy that's mm-hmm. made this team what it what it has been. So it's uh, it's interesting to hear that coming out of Packers camp because we never heard that before. And I live no. in Wisconsin, Aaron, and so mm-hmm. of course you know I'm, I get the Madison, Wisconsin television stations, uh, mm-hmm. you know, feeding me all the Packer uh, propaganda all week long, mm-hmm. and it they're they're like they're kind of like it's. You know the the biggest story that came out of out of Green Bay over the last two days is Jordy Nelson signed a one day contract and retired as a Packer. Yeah, I, weekend, so yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting. I mean Aaron Rodgers has really been freelancing for ten years, so um, if if uh, Lafleur you know thinks he's just going to crack the whip and get him to do exactly what he wants, we'll see. Uh, you know I don't know. Um, uh, I'm, as I said, I hope that uh, I hope they have lots of problems. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, before we before we uh, tune out for for this episode, it's interesting that we've talked about the offense. We've talked about all three levels of the defense. Uh, we talked about Harris. We talked about Nichols. We talked about Akeem Hicks. We talked about, uh, of course, Khalil Mack. We talked about the, the backfield and two guys we didn't even talk about. And shame on us is Goldman and Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. Leonard Floyd looks like he's poised to have a breakout year like you know we hope we see last year, but he, he got hurt right before the end of uh, the end of uh, preseason. So yeah, God, I, can we just get this rocket lit and start this thing, man? Yeah. I am so I am so excited for this year. It's you gonna know, happen. When Wanda was was on with us just a few minutes ago, one of the things that that sticks in my craw about last year's team, last year's team reminds me so much of the '85 Bears, because nobody saw a playoff team coming in 85 and it all seemed to come together and they absolutely got embarrassed in the NFC title game in San Francisco. And of course, San Francisco was 15 and one in the regular season and went on to win the Super Bowl after they just, they just run roughshod over the bears in the, in the uh, NFC title game in 85. Mm-hmm. That's what last year reminds me of. It reminds right. me that that playoff loss has stuck with this team just as the, the, the loss to San Francisco stuck with Ditka and the players in, in 1984. And ironically, you know, we started this, we started this preseason camp opened on Walter Payton's birthday. Super Bowl ends. Super Bowl is on February 2nd this year, which is George Hallis's birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay. How ironic is it, or is it a coincidence, or is it karma? But the hashtag March to Miami begins September 5th. It's only 33 days away, ladies and gentlemen, yep. of the hall. It's going to be a fun ride, and uh, we hope you're you will be with us the entire way. Uh, speaking of being with us, Tick Flitz, 
we are so proud to have them as our sponsor. TickSplits is giving us two tickets to the Bears game in November against the Detroit Lions to give away if we get to 500 followers. So please share our tweets, retweet our, our tweets, get us to 500 followers, and we will give away tickets. I know that Matt Miles and T-Bone are very thankful for the tickets that, that we were able to give away courtesy of TickSplits last week. So come on, join the bandwagon. Learn a little bit about the Bears, not just what's going on today, but we go back into history and talk about some of the things that makes the Chicago Bears what they are, which is the greatest franchise in the NFL. Until next week, I'm Mike Halitek, my partner, Double A. Take us out. Yes, sir. As you said, join the bandwagon. There's lots of room. And as I say, if you got a bandwagon, you probably got a parade. And if you got a parade, you know what that means. You got a Super Bowl. So thanks for joining us for another episode of Halitech Hall. And uh, we, uh, we've loved having you. Thanks for all the support. Have a great day. 